let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. The fire was so hot it could melt metal. The fire was so big there was no way around it. The fire was moving so fast at 100 kilometers per hour there was no way anyone could outrun it. That's why when the fire swept through Santa Rosa, California, USA in October 2017, the people in its path had only minutes, sometimes only seconds, to flee for their lives. And in those fleeting seconds, when the pressure was on them to escape, the citizens of Santa Rosa had to decide instantly what to take and what to leave behind. With seconds to choose, they had to act on instinct to pick what they valued and leave what they didn't. With the ability to only carry a few small items, the pressure was intense to choose wisely. If a fire was racing towards your home and you had only 60 seconds to grab something before you fled, what would you take? Would you take something important like your passport or something meaningful like your wedding pictures? Would you take something helpful like your medicine or something valuable like your jewelry? In the pressure of the moment with the heat on to choose, what would you do? One mother in Santa Rosa brought nothing for herself but grabbed what she could for her children. One woman left her medicine but brought her hairbrush. Her hairbrush! Perhaps she wanted to look good in the refugee shelter. A musician opted for his violin, a bride-to-be remembered her wedding dress. And one man, 57-year-old Michael Dornback, tried to grab the keys to his truck. I'm not leaving without my truck, Michael told his nephew. His nephew begged him to flee without the vehicle, but Michael refused, and the delay cost him his life, for he died in the flames. The fact is, pressure reveals a lot about people. Pressure reveals what we rely upon, what we cling to, what we value. And in the time of pressure, the way you react reveals a lot about you. That's why the picture of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane is so meaningful. When he was under pressure, Jesus turned to the one thing he always relied upon more than anything else. When Jesus, the Prince of Peace, was under pressure, he prayed. In the final hours of his life on earth, when Jesus faced the greatest pressure ever known by man, he clung to his heavenly Father. Under pressure, Jesus prayed. And in his story and in his example, we find the prescription for peace under pressure. In the darkest hour we face, in the time when the flames are hot and the pressure is on us, we too will find perfect peace when we pray. That's the message in our teaching tonight, but before we learn more, let us also take a moment to pray. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you for this time in your presence with your word. Lord, we pray that you'll open our eyes to see the example of our Lord Jesus Christ and how he found peace through prayer. We submit to you now. We bind every voice of the enemy that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to speak peace to our hearts and truth to our lives and grace to our will that we might follow you 
We thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. See, the good news for all of us is that no matter what problem you face, no matter what pressure you're under, you've come to the right place. You've come to the presence of God, and that's the one place you can always find perfect peace. And that's why today's teaching is so important. We've been studying the last week of Jesus' life on earth. We've been watching Jesus as he faced the greatest pressure known to mankind. And the amazing thing about Jesus under pressure is that he never lost his peace. He maintained perfect peace, even when Judas betrayed him, even when the crowd turned against him, even when the rulers condemned him, and the soldiers beat him, and his friends ran away. And when we follow Jesus' example and listen to his teaching, then we too will have perfect peace. We're going to look once again to the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our scripture text for tonight is found in the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 14, verses 32 to 42. Open up your heart and receive the word of God tonight. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter and James and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please, Take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Think carefully tonight about the amazing picture painted in these verses. Here we see Jesus in an intense hour of suffering. The Bible tells us that he was deeply troubled and distressed. He himself said, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. In the account of this event in Luke twenty-two forty-four, the Bible says he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. The passage is pregnant with pain and permeated with pressure. And in this moment, in this hour of agony and pressure, we see what Jesus values the most. Jesus struggles with the pain but prevails with peace because he goes to God in prayer. And in his example and admonition, we can learn how we too can prevail with perfect peace through prayer. So today, let's break down this story and discover three prescriptions for peace through prayer. And here's your first prescription today. You've got to trust the sovereignty 
of God. Listen again to Jesus' words in Mark 14, 36. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. And in those words, we find our first key to preserving perfect peace. Even with his enemies circling and his spirit grieving, Jesus did not lose sight of the greatest foundation for our faith. God is sovereign. Just say that after me. God is sovereign. He rules over all. There's nothing he cannot do. He rules over every situation in your life. He rules over the coronavirus pandemic. He's greater than any storm, any disease, any darkness, even death itself. This is the message of all of scripture from Genesis to Revelation. We see the message of truth proclaimed. God is great. God is never defeated. God never loses control. My God rules over all. And in that truth, we can have peace when things seem to be out of control, when our world is spinning and falling apart. You need to trust the God who holds all things together. When your back is against the wall, you need to trust in the God who is never backed into a corner. When surrounded by your enemies, you need to rely on the God who surrounds you with his love. That's why David said in Psalm 89, 6-13, who in all of heaven can compare with the Lord? What mightiest angel is anything like the Lord? The highest angelic powers stand in awe of God. He's far more awesome than all who surround his throne. O oh Lord God of heaven's armies, where is there anyone as mighty as you, O oh Lord? You are entirely faithful. You rule the oceans. You subdue the storm-tossed waves. You crush the great sea monster. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours and the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. You created north and south. And I'm here to declare to you today, no matter the storm you're facing, no matter the crisis in the world, God is greater, God is stronger. No matter how the enemy roars, our God is victorious. And you can have peace under pressure, peace in any storm, peace at all times when you trust the sovereign God and call on him in prayer. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of Ernestine Reese from Alabama, USA. In March 2018, Ernestine was in her home when suddenly a ferocious storm called a tornado swept through her community. The winds reached a speed of 400 kilometers per hour. Cars were picked up and thrown through the air. Houses were completely demolished and leveled to the ground. To make matters worse for Ernestine, she didn't live in a big fancy house with stone walls and iron rods. Ernestine lived in a simple poorhouse with thin walls and hardly any foundation. In the face of the tornado, Ernestine's home didn't have a chance to survive in the natural realm. But the fact is, when you trust in the sovereign God, you're never in the natural realm alone. And when the storm struck, Ernestine went into her prayer closet, shut the door, and started worshiping God. She started praising and singing and praying. And when the storm passed through, God covered Ernestine. When the wind died down, her house was gone, but her prayer closet alone remained standing. 
Ernestine opened the door and walked out of her prayer closet. Everything around her had been removed and destroyed, but she was alive and well, a testimony to the power of the sovereign God. 23 people died that day in her community from the storm, but in the place of prayer, there was perfect peace. And the same thing is true for you tonight. You can shelter in the presence of the Almighty when you stay in the place of prayer. No matter how the storm blows, no matter how the pandemic rages, you can stay in perfect peace when you stay in prayer. See, friends, worry is an indication that I'm not trusting God to handle situations in my life. I either don't trust what he's doing or I don't trust when he's moving. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Fear is the result of failing to trust God's sovereignty. But you can rely on the greatness of our God. His power never fails. His time is never late. And nothing is too hard for our Jesus. He's sovereign not just over nature, but over every other power. He rules over every enemy. He controls all of mankind. And no matter how great a person may be on earth, God can overrule whatever man may say. That's why Psalm 47, 7-9 says, God is the king over all the earth. God reigns above the nations, sitting on his holy throne, for all the kings of the earth belong to God. See, Jesus had perfect peace because he knew that his fate was not in the hands of Pontius Pilate. He knew his future was not in the hands of the angry Jewish leaders. He knew that no Roman soldier could touch him unless his sovereign heavenly father willed it so. And Jesus shows us by his example that our faith must be in the sovereign God. Our answer to pressure from people is to trust in the God who rules in the affairs of men. You may be facing pressure from someone in your life today. But when you pray, you enter into the throne room of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You need not fear what man may do to you, for our God is greater than any ruler and any power. He can change any king's heart. He can do what he wills at any time. See, Proverbs 21.1 tells us, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it whatever way he wishes. And that's the lesson we can learn from the amazing true story of a man named Bison Kaula from Malawi. Back in 1992, Bison Kaula was wrongly accused of murder. Some jealous neighbors in his area conspired against Bison, and he was found guilty of murder and sentenced to hang to death for a crime he didn't commit. Now, in those days in Malawi, there was just one executioner, a hangman from South Africa who traveled between several countries in Southern Africa carrying out executions. The executioner would come to Malawi once every few months, hang as many prisoners as he could, and then leave. And so it was that one day, Bison was told that his name was on the list of 21 people to be hanged that afternoon. A guard told him that executions would begin at 1 p.m., and he should just start praying. It seemed Bison had no hope of survival. But by 3 p.m., the executioner got tired and stopped work, leaving Bison alive 
until his next visit. On his next visit, the same thing happened. Bison was on the list to be hung, and the hangman started his work. But before he got to Bison, the executioner got tired and stopped. On his third visit, the same thing happened again. Though Bison was sentenced to die, and his name was on the list to be hung that very day, the executioner never performed the hanging on Bison. And then, in 2015, Malawi changed its laws. Bison was released from prison. Having escaped certain death three times, he was now a free man. For no matter what man decrees, God has the final say. Your life is in God's hands. When you're a child of God, you can trust his sovereign rule over your life. For Psalm 31, 14 and 15 says, But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying, You are my God. My future is in your hands. Just say that together with me. You are my God. My future is in your hands. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is your responsibility. That's why Psalm 75, 6 and 7 says, for honor does not come from the east or the west or from the desert, but God is the one who decides. He puts down one and brings respect to another. See, your promotion is not in the hands of your boss. Your fate is not in the hands of the board of directors. Ultimately, your future is in God's hands. When you trust in him, when he's your father, he is the decider in your life. If you'll stay in faith and stay in prayer and obey God, your sovereign God will take care of you. And that brings us to our second prescription for a perfect peace through prayer. You have to surrender your will to God. Listen again to what Jesus prayed. He said, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And here's the truth you need to embrace in order to have perfect peace in prayer. Trusting the sovereignty of God means that you trust his power and you trust his will. It means we must know that there are times we don't know what's best. We don't see all that God sees and we must yield and surrender our will to his. Jesus trusted the sovereign power of his father and said all things are possible for you. And yet he also trusted that his father knew what was best for him. Even going to the cross, even dying and suffering, Jesus had peace because he was surrendered. And if Jesus was required to surrender to the Father's will, you and I are also required to surrender to God's will. You're not greater than your master. You're not exempted from following Jesus to the cross. As he prayed, we must pray, not my will, but yours be done. For see, you will have peace in prayer when you surrender your will to God's will. You'll have peace when you accept that he is God and you are not. He knows all things and we do not. That's why God says to us in Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, I alone am God. I am God, and there's none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. I learned this lesson personally not long ago as I was driving home one day from church to my house. As I drove down Lagos Avenue here in East Lagon, suddenly the traffic in front of me stopped. No one was moving. I looked down the road and I could see that a big 
truck was backing into a compound. The truck was turning and it blocked both sides of the road. At first, I was tempted to take a diversion and turn off the road. But as I watched the truck, I could see that the truck was making progress. I could tell it wouldn't take long for him to back up into the compound and clear the road. I knew that if I just waited patiently, in a minute or two, I would be on my way. But suddenly, the driver behind me started blowing his horn impatiently. He couldn't see what I saw. He couldn't see that the road was blocked and it would momentarily be cleared. He was honking at me and demanding I get going. I had Usain Bolt behind me. Take it easy, Mr. Fast Track. And here was his problem. I could see what he couldn't see. I said to myself, what do you want me to do? I can't go anywhere. Just be patient for a minute and the road will be cleared. But then I noticed some drivers behind me began to divert and cut off to another road, thinking they would bypass the traffic. They took off down a side street, figuring they would get ahead. But I could see the truck was almost off the road. I could see that in just a minute, the road would be cleared. I waited patiently, and I got through faster without anxiety. As I drove on my way, God spoke to me. So often we are like that impatient driver. We can't see what's ahead. We don't know what's coming, and we can't understand why things are blocked. Our life seems to be at a standstill. We're in quarantine. We're in lockdown. We're not getting our breakthrough. We're looking for a life partner, and there's nothing visible. We get anxious and start telling God to get us through. What's the matter with you, God? Can't you see I'm in a hurry? Worst of all, sometimes we divert to different routes, thinking we'll take a shortcut to bypass the blockage. We try to work it out in our own power and wisdom. We get off the road God has put us on and try to bypass delay by taking a diversion. We think, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to leave where God has placed me and find a better path. But we fail to realize that God has it all under control. When your life is in his hands, he's on the throne. He's still directing your life. He's still helping you. And what you're facing is only a temporary delay. If you could see what he sees, you would not be moved. And friends, you can have complete confidence today that no matter what God chooses, he knows best. He will always work things out for our good. After all, that's what the Bible tells us in Romans 8, 28. Listen carefully. We know, somebody say, I know. We know that God causes everything, somebody say everything, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. When you truly believe that, you'll have peace in every situation. When you commit it to God in prayer, you'll have perfect peace. You may not see the outcome. You may not know what God is doing, but you can trust that he is working. Even in the tough times, even in the dark days, even when things feel unsettled, God is working. And when you believe that, you can have peace. Faith in his sovereignty and surrender to his will lead to peace. That's why Hebrews 4.3 tells us, for only we who believe can enter his rest. When you believe in God, you will surrender to his will and enter his rest rest. 
you can give thanks and rejoice in all things. You can be at peace because you know that God knows all things and sees all things and will work all things for your good. And prayer is the vehicle that takes you there. Prayer changes our hearts and calms our souls. Prayer ushers us to the presence of God so that we can be consumed in him and not in our problems. That's why the Bible links devotion to God with peace in our hearts. Listen to God's word in Psalm 37, verse 4, 5, and 7. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. See, here's what you need to understand tonight. Worry is a sign of devotion to a person or thing. We worry about what we care about most. I'm not worried about the national debt in Namibia. I'm not worried about the price of pineapple in Paris. I'm not worried about the traffic tie-up in Taipei. I'm not worried about those things because I'm not involved in those things. But I can be tempted to worry about things near and dear to me. I can be tempted to worry about my children. I can be tempted to worry about my finance. I can be tempted to worry about the situation in my community. For your emotions show your devotion. In fact, the level of your devotion determines the level of your emotion. And worry results when I fail to make Jesus the center of my devotion. If your affections for something or someone are greater than your affection for God, then you will experience fear and worry. If you're devoted to your will, you'll have worry. If you're devoted to his will, you'll have peace. For peace exists when you fix your devotion on Jesus. And every one of us can overcome worry and live in perfect peace when we're fully devoted to God and his will. Then we never have to worry. When you're devoted to Jesus, you're free from worry. You can take possession of peace when you possess devotion to the Prince of Peace. That's why Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, If you then were raised with Christ, desire those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. That's why when we suffer trials, it's an opportunity to move, to loosen our devotion to things or people and strengthen our devotion to God and his kingdom. Difficulties in life help us work for good in our lives. When we suffer loss, it's an opportunity to move to a deeper level of devotion. And we will find when we set our affections on him, he will produce beauty from ashes, life from death, glory from the grave. If we surrender our will to his will, then our suffering will become salvation. Our cross becomes our crown and our grave becomes the launching pad for our resurrection. That's the truth. We can learn from the inspiring true story of El Hajj Diop from Senegal. In 1999, Diop's daughter Ami died from malaria. In those days, many people in his village didn't know what malaria was or even how to combat it. In fact, nearly 25% of the population of Senegal was struck by malaria every year. On the same day that Diop held Ami's funeral, several other children in the village of 4,000 were also buried. 
The next day, a young woman who had just delivered a child died from malaria. The next week, Diop's nephew died. Diop was so moved by the toll malaria was taking on his people, he decided to devote his life to combat it. So Diop quit his job, sold his possessions, and started a campaign to fight malaria. Since then, Diop has traveled all over Senegal and convinced thousands of people to play their part. He has started sanitation brigades, spoken with politicians, raised funds and awareness, and helped promote mosquito netting in all parts of his country. And today, through Diop's tireless devotion to his cause, incidences of malaria infection have been reduced by 77% in Senegal. In fact, the World Health Organization believes Senegal will be completely malaria-free in the next 10 years. Diop's tragedy led to triumph. His suffering has helped bring salvation from sickness to Senegal. And sometimes God allows us to pass through a storm. Sometimes God is removing things that have taken over our devotion. But when we draw near to him in prayer and center our devotion on him, we can live in peace and turn sorrow to joy. We can overcome death and embrace resurrection power. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Life's disappointments become God's appointments when we surrender to his will. And if you'll surrender to God's will this day, you'll find peace through prayer. But you'll also find new opportunities. You'll find new purpose. You'll find new strength as you pray, not my will, but yours be done. And that brings us to our third prescription for peace through prayer. Receive the strength of God. Hear what Jesus said to his disciples in Mark 14, 38. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. See, the fact is, prayer doesn't just move God, it moves us. Prayer changes us. When Jesus told his disciples to watch and pray so that they would overcome temptation, he's teaching us that prayer gives us power. In prayer, we gain strength over fear and worry and doubt. In prayer, we gain strength over temptation. This was Jesus' experience. In Luke twenty-two forty-three. the Bible tells us, then when he prayed, an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Jesus gained strength for the cross when he prayed. And every one of us will gain strength to face every trial, every crisis when we pray. For the fact is sometimes God calms the storm and sometimes God calms us when we pray. Jesus could be at peace because he knew that even if he died on the cross, he knew he would rise again. He knew that even if he went to the grave, God would bring him back. And the same thing is true for all of us today. Only when we pass through the storm with God's strength do we really know how great he is. That's what my friend Elizabeth Brume would tell you if she were here today. Elizabeth Brume was the wife of the late Senator from Nigeria, Fred Brume from Delta State. 
When I lived in Delta State, Nigeria, Fred and Elizabeth Brume were my friends. They were solid Christians, and they attended our Agape Church in Wari whenever they were in town. Well, one night, the Brumes were at their home in Lagos when suddenly armed robbers broke into their compound. The robbers tied up Senator Brume and grabbed Elizabeth and her newborn baby boy. They beat the senator and then threatened to kill the baby. And in that moment of terror, when the pressure was on, all that Elizabeth could do was pray. She started crying out to Jesus and pleading the blood of Jesus. In their darkest moment, when all hope seemed lost, Elizabeth clung to God in prayer. And God delivered them. They suffered a momentary attack, but in the end, they came through safely. In the end, God delivered them. And through that trial, their faith was made stronger. I'll never forget what Elizabeth Brume said to me after the whole ordeal was over. Now I know, she said. Now I know that Jesus is real. Now I know that he does indeed deliver. I knew it in my head, but now I know it in my experience. God answers prayer. Jesus delivers from death. Now I know. So here's the truth you need to carry along on a keychain with you today. A faith that is tested is a faith that can be trusted. It's not pleasant to pass through trials, but when your faith is tested, then your faith can be trusted. I've passed through hard times that I didn't enjoy. In the middle of the trial, I was tempted to doubt God. I was tempted to fear and worry. I was tempted to give up hope. But whenever I sought God in prayer, he came through and answered me. And I can look back now and say, now I know. I've seen God work. I've seen him carry me through. Sometimes it took longer than I thought. Sometimes I wasn't in a place I wanted to be. And sometimes he revealed what was in my heart through the trial I was passing through. But in the end, we always win when we surrender to him. We always receive strength when we trust his sovereignty. For if God doesn't take you out of the storm, he will strengthen you so that you can overcome the storm with perfect peace. He may deliver you today. He may deliver you tomorrow. He may deliver you in the future, but there is no doubt God will deliver you when you surrender to him. That's the powerful truth we find in the book of Romans chapter 8. Listen to these verses. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No! Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us 
from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is what gives us perfect peace through prayer. We know He loves us. We know He's with us. We know He hears us and answers our prayers. We know He has overcome. We know that in Him, we also overcome. We know that we are more than conquerors. So no matter the pressure, no matter the pain, no matter the problems you face, He is enough. He is our peace. He is the answer. And when we pray, we draw near to Him and tap into His strength. When we come to Him, we have perfect peace. That's why Jesus invites us in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So let's do that right now. Let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray so that we find perfect peace. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We surrender to your will, for we trust your sovereignty. You are greater than the coronavirus pandemic. You're greater than the lockdown. You're greater than our financial needs. You're greater than the problems around us. You're greater than the fear in the world. You're greater than the worry in our hearts. You are sovereign. And as we yield our lives to you, we trust in you. Fill us today with your perfect peace. I pray for every child of God listening to this broadcast, and I ask, oh God, your peace will descend upon him or her right now in the name of Jesus. We bind every spirit of fear, every lie from the devil that things are out of control, and we say by faith, things are in God's control. We trust you. We surrender to you. Now strengthen us and help us to make it through with perfect peace. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.